You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfit? And we're back. Hey, and we're back. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. I don't know why I am trying to sing at the intro. Maybe I'm just so excited to be back. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with my voice. I don't know what to do anything, but I know I am happy that I am here. Okay. I wish that y'all could see this setup that I had spent like at least 45 extra unnecessary minutes on just adjusting lights um, for literally a one minute real clip because I do record this full episode vertically just so I can get a nice little real nugget to then do all of the editing on and then put out the into the social media stratosphere. And I don't know why I said all the editing because really... I'm just adding a motherfucking backdrop to my green screen and then putting it on the reels and adding captions in the reels. Can you, I mean, it's kind of fucked up to say, but like now everybody prefers captions. So like, like how do people function who are illiterate? That no, I am not high, but it was just a thought. It was, we don't talk about illiteracy enough. No one is saying like, people always say like, Oh, my dad, he was illiterate, blah, 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 blah. But we don't hear nobody saying like, yo, I met a person who is 24 and they are illiterate. Like we don't talk about that. And I know everybody ain't walking around here reading, you know, everybody ain't walking out here reading. Come on now. Come on now. You can tell by the way people craft their text messages that they don't really know how to write and read. Because a lot of that grammar and syntax is incorrect, but we just let it slide. We just hit them a little emoji. He, he, he. I think I understand what you were saying and keep it moving. Because who got the time to question somebody and ask them really, truly, if they're literate or not in 2022? I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't have the time for a lot of things, but I definitely don't have the time for that. I know y'all hear me. Come on. I'll make some noise if you agree. They should have never gave me a soundboard. Anyway, so this week we are back with another episode of Social Mystic with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. And I have so many things that I want to talk about, but this particular story felt like the one that needed to be addressed immediately because the, the journalist in me just, just could not contain herself. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to bring forth this week's topic, which is, uh, damn, I wish I had some, 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 music i need, i gotta do am i doing am i doing segment intros now i mean it's been so long since i've been here um okay hold on let me see if i could let me see if i can find something that could help ladies and gentlemen this week's topic is brought to you by the words audacity and get the fuck out of my face uh sponsored in co-part by uh bitch you should have known better uh and also just adding in a little last minute sponsorship by uh uh get your shit together all of those things bring us to this week's story which is none other than miss tasha k versus the machine um ladies and gentlemen where do i even start Where do I even start? Okay, I'll start here. Number one, many years ago, probably like 2018, I don't know all like the numbers to date, but a couple years ago, a YouTube vlogger by the name of Tasha Kay, uh, her audience members are called, call themselves the winos because her show is called Unwind with Tasha Kay. And so she took it upon herself to tell a story about Cardi B and she insinuated that Cardi B um, was promiscuous, a prostitute and allegedly, alleged, allegedly, alleged, allegedly, 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 
uh, a prostitute and um, also embodied some STIs and STDs, like embodied them. And Cardi's people was like, listen, you got to stop saying this stuff about us because one, you got to stop saying it. And it's not true. Of course, no one's going to be like, hey, by the way, it is true. But can you stop saying it? No, they just be like, it's not true. You're lying. Stop saying it. And uh, Miss Tasha K decided to double down, triple down, quadruple down. Um, we're leading us all to the point right now where she lost her court case against Cardi B, who sued her for libel um, and slander. And Tasha K has come back with a vengeance, not remorseful not apologetic but she has doubled down with the fuckery and this is why this is this week's topic um because i i just was beside myself with the audacity and here is a quick snippet of miss tasha k's exclusive rebuttal after losing her court case to cardi b the verdict handed down on monday was no shock to myself my husband or my legal team Sounds like you got a bad legal team. I mean, I don't want to go to the day where I got to go to court and they be like, you know, we probably going to lose this shit. I'll be what the fuck I paid you for. <laughs> like, I need you to be surprised. Okay. Let me say something. If we go to court and I'm paying gazillions of dollars and we lose and you are not surprised by the loss, give me my money back. Give me, give me my money. Give me my money back. I'll do the best I can with what I got. Oh. That was Tasha K's legal team after they lost. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the rest of her um her statement. We called bluff against a machine that wanted to bully me for not wavering from my personal beliefs. A machine that has corporate interests to protect prostitution, drug use, promiscuity, and to glorify the violence that wrecks havoc on our society and in our neighborhoods. Um what machine tasha k what machine are you talking about see this is the thing i hate when people get caught in their web of lies and deception you were a rumor person that was your whole thing you gave salacious tidbits about celebrities you said that people you know were sending you messages and letting you know like what the real tea is and she alluded that she got tips from people inside of Cardi's camp about Cardi's status and all that other stuff. Now I got to take it back a little bit because the reason why the story hits me is I was waiting for the day. <laughs> it was inevitable for this to happen. Whereas a blogger or a vlogger gets convicted of not being truthful and honest. And I, and I get, you're like, okay, you're a rumor person. That's what rumor people do. But sometimes rumors go too far. Do you remember when Princess Diana was killed because a paparazzi was following her to get pictures? And then everybody was like, oh, we're going to be more respectful. And in paparazzi culture has kind of died down a lot. Like now, now if you see a celebrity having their picture taken by the paparazzi, they've legit called that person. Like they've called them because social media has now put the individual celebrity in control of their story. Right. And so if I want to say anything about my sex life or my what I eat for dinner or, you know, my money issues or whatever, I can just do it directly to the people who I know fuck with me because they follow me. So I'm already going to get love and supports and thoughts and prayers because I'm catering to an audience that's captivated by me. But there was a time when that wasn't the case and the media controlled a lot of the access 
access to celebrities. So now in this day and age, if you are gossiping and you giving reports and rumors, you really are going out of your way to provide this information or misinformation to people because they could hear it directly from celebrities now. So you just hearing everything on hearsay. But the reason why this has gotten out of hand is because there was a great divide in the media world from traditional journalism, which is what I partook of in the whole blogosphere. And I remember this divide very clearly because us journalists would say, oh, they're not real journalists. They're just bloggers. Here's a person that's sitting in their mama's basement and talking shit and making up stuff. And they were making such like little noise because at the time social media wasn't even a thing. It was just really blogs, but it was making such little noise that you were just like, oh yeah, that's like, that's like the bratty little kid who like wants to hang out with us. And you know, like we are seniors kids. We're not hanging out with no fucking seventh grader. Like, get out of here. You don't know what you're doing. You haven't gone through the schooling that we've gone through. Like, listen to us. If you really want to be down with us, you can be down with us, but you got to do the work the right way. And bloggers was like, nah, I don't want to do that work. I I don't want to, I don't want to check no sources. I don't want to double check facts. I don't want to transcribe interviews. I don't want to interview anybody. I could just make this shit up or get somebody to like text me a tip and I'll just make a whole fluff story about it. And I'm going to get more views than you. And so you had all of us journalists at the time, even especially in hip hop being like, damn, you know, like this is so disrespectful. Like, you know, they don't respect us. And, you know, they're taking all of these positions now because everything started going more digitally. And that's a whole another conversation which is urban media really did not fucking jump on the digital space the way they should have like they think they did but they did it the wrong way and now you have a situation where now there's a vacuum everybody's craving digital spaces y'all want to do a motherfucking head deck presentation and hire a fucking consulting company and pay them two million dollars to tell you some shit that a motherfucking 17 year old in high school can do with goddamn wordpress so y'all in the hole y'all starting in the red and everybody else has already leaps and bounds now we talking about like refresh a page and have a whole new headline whole new photo whole new photo uh slideshow and you over here talking about layouts so in in three months in advance before the magazine actually hits the stands is when it's actually done so everything that we done did between those three months is obsolete we just don't even address it so you're always behind the curve that's the magazine world that was a rotation of magazine journalism was you would outline a, um outline an issue and figure out what, whatever themes or packages that you needed to work on you would work on those a little bit more in advance but basically there was like a three-month gap so if you close an issue in january that issue doesn't hit the stands until march april and so now everything is kind of like delayed right Anyway, so that was old school journalism, magazine journalism specifically. But then now you have us working on magazines on that same three month rotation. And then you have bloggers who are breaking a story that we write in a story to hopefully print it in a motherfucking issue in three months. So everything just got like zapped out, like everything just went from outdated so fast. So then bloggers seize the moment. And when they seized the moment, they got the traction because they were there early on the digital space. But also they got more traction because they didn't check any facts. And a lot of this stuff was opinion based. And you see a lot of them inserting themselves in their articles, whereas we as journalists did not put ourselves in the articles because we wanted to be objective and biased, you know, like unbiased at all times. And that was the divide. 
but they started getting more traction. And of course, then now all these digital spaces are growing in popularity and all of these traditional magazines and publications are saying, hey, we need to get online. We need to start. And then they asking us journalists to instead of taking three months to work on a story. Now they want us to do 30 stories in a day and just copy and paste and steal other people's things. So like ethically, as a trained professional journalist, it was against my religion to take someone else's hard work and reduce it to like a two paragraph nugget and with the crazy headline and then and then not even really even give them um, attribution, like just steal the shit. And then people started suing over that. So you had to say like from the New York Times, from the American press, like, you know, I mean, Associated Press. And so you had to start giving credit. But that just kind of bogged the whole process down. So while all, while we're trying to like catch up to the digital space, bloggers are killing it, right? They're having their WordPress. They're having, you know, now the music companies are sending them music because now you can send an album to a, a blogger, have them review it and, and the day before the release. And then now everybody's buying that shit up, like snapping it up. And that's exactly what happened with a lot of these bloggers. They kind of, we, we, the old journalism became the middleman, right? And now now these businesses, properties, all these things can go straight to a blogger. A blogger says, I have this many unique visitors a month, this many click-throughs, this many that. And so now they're winning. And so the early bloggers weren't necessarily what we would consider like traditional journalists. But over time, as they got more power and more influence, many of them, and I'm not, I'm saying this because I don't want anybody to be like, oh, she's shitting on bloggers. And I know a lot of bloggers now. And a lot of these bloggers are old school now compared to like how I was with them. Now they're looking at the newer generation of people who are just creating properties on digital social media platforms being like, hey, wait, you don't even have a website anymore. Now you just have an account on Instagram and this is how you make your money. Like what? Now the sources are just like texting you or hitting you in the DM and you just making a story from a fucking DM. Wow. That's like, at least I knew people, you know, like now y'all the old niggas in the room. Um, but over time, bloggers definitely had to get some sort of journalism know-how because you didn't want to get scooped. You want to make sure that, you know, somebody wasn't giving you false information because if you got known as having like really fake shit, um, on your site, then people didn't trust you. Right. There was still a trust that was there. Um, and then there was, wasn't really much room for people who just like made up lies and rumors. Like that was like Wendy Williams, thing. like nobody in the media wanted to be Wendy Williams. That's why she was who she was because she took that shit on the fucking chin and nobody else wanted to go through that. Like who wants to talk shit and then run into the person at the motherfucking listening party. And now you got to fight in the bathroom cause you called a mama on a orangutan. Like what? So there was a place and a time for that type of person. And most of the time, those rumor reports were very much radio thing was a radio thing. Um, and you toss it out there because nobody's expecting morning drive radio to have real sources and attribution and fact checking. So you could say crazy shit. And it was always a fucking chick in the trio of the morning host who came in with the hot, the hot gossip morning report. Hey, what's up y'all? My name is Chloe Close and I'm here to give you another hot, hot, trash ass, hot ass, ghetto ass, not really real gossip report. And then we would sit there and listen to that shit. And we knew it was bullshit and we kept the fucking pushing. Um, and so now you fast forward and now you have these people who are now on YouTube and 
pretty much YouTube, basically a lot of these vloggers, um, again, like putting, like putting your business on another business's platform is still kind of like crazy to me because like, if they don't like you, they take your shit and you got to make a fucking fuss about it and say, Hey guys, YouTube took my channel down and make them give me as like, bitch, it's fucking YouTube's channel. Dumb, dumb. Like you don't own fucking YouTube. Like anyway, that's just me. Like clearly I need my 40 acres and a mule. Like that's the only way I'll be happy <laughs> is when I'm like, this hair land is mine. And can't nobody come here and tell me what to do. I run everything. Like that's what my heart says to me every day. That's my goal. Like, Ooh, I just got excited thinking about it anyway. So now you have all of these uh, companies in like these digital companies, social media companies, these mega billion dollar industries who are just like mining off of the popularity of these like really like unfounded rumor report accounts because they get millions of views and hits and likes and shares and all that stuff. And it just builds up their money. And so the thing that's so interesting with Tasha K is that she amassed million, a million plus subscribers on YouTube, right? You know, one of the most, most watched live stream shows on YouTube, very popular. And I remember when I started doing Chloe across America, Tim made me watch like one of her episodes. Cause he was like, look what she doing. She ain't doing shit. She making all that shit up and she got millions of views and she making so much money. And we doing a real show with real guests and real news and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, well, people, people gravitate to the things that they help give them escape. I guess I can't, I mean, I can't explain her. I mean, I can't explain people love a, a train wreck. Like they love gossip. And especially if you are unhappy with your life and you want to hear other people who you think, think they too good. You want to hear how their life is fucked up too. Truly. That's what it is. Like you just miserable and you want to make sure other people are miserable. So you don't feel less miserable than everybody else. Um, and so she got wildly popular and Cardi B's people told her to shut it down. But now that she lost her case, do you hear, do you hear the tone in her voice? You don't have to have heard any of her previous episodes, but just you hear the tone. This is the tone of a person who know that they got busted, but they cannot admit it to themselves or the world because they don't want to admit that they have been a fraud the whole time because they will lose everything. So now what she's doing, which is a tried and true trait of African-American scammers, is now she's trying to appeal to our religion, right? She's trying to appeal to our, and I say the religion, not necessarily our Christianity, but like our religion, there's a, there's an unsaid religion amongst black people, which is we will unify if we feel like we are being threatened by the man. Okay. That is, that is a religion. Like when, like, I don't care what your problem, what my problem is with you, but like, once you start, once we start pointing out our true common enemy, like put, put all grievances aside. Like now you, we got to stand up for black people now. Now I'm now Tasha K is here to stand up for black people. She wants to fight against the machine, the machine that she feels that Cardi B is a part of that is promoting promiscuity, prostitution, bitch, yo, hope framing of your audience is called they're called the winos so it's okay for you to have winos watching you but cardi p can't pop her pussy and make millions of dollars also why cardi b out of everybody else who were the other uh female rappers or artists that you had a problem with because there's a lot of uh black women who pop in a twat and i didn't hear you say nothing about them this is really <laughs> This is really my takeaway from Tasha K. And we're going to talk about something else. This whole episode is not about her, but I just had to like get that off my chest. Um, is, and it's very clear in this situation, but also in life, you got to check your sources. 
You have to check your sources because people will feed you information because they want you to get riled up. They want you to have a reaction. They want to get see some mess because we are bored. You know why we're bored? Because we are lacking interpersonal connections. We don't see each other like we used to. We don't go out and socialize, especially because of the pandemic. So we are just, and also so many people are working jobs that can't stand. They're not living in a passion. They're not living in a truth. They're suppressed sexually. They're frustrated financially. They're, you know, physically they may not have the body that they want so they just feel really down in the dumps and because you work the job or you're at the school that you can't stand and you don't feel challenged you don't feel rewarded you don't feel seen now you come home and you get to look on your phone and absorb content of other people who you deem hopefully are feeling too good about themselves so now you want to see them being taken down and that's a very negative low vibrational space but let me tell you there's a lot of people in that low vibrational space so because of that when somebody comes to you with information whether it's for your news show or whether it's for your personal life you got to check that source because there's a good chance that that person is telling that information not because they want your best interest but because they want to see you be a little bit miserable like they already are and whether it's true or not because you can always tell how much a person cares about you by how they deliver that type of information. If somebody who loves me comes to me and says that they heard a rumor about me, it, they, the, the space in which they were presented to me will be way different than, oh, girl, you know what I heard about you? That that when you hear like when that person, whenever somebody sings that part to you, like, girl, let me say what I heard about you. Whenever you hear somebody preface information, like, girl, did you? I did you? Then they you they are enjoying it on the inside, on the inside. Their heart is tap dancing. You hear me? Their heart is tap dancing because they be like, now it's my time to inflict pain and concern on someone else's life. And whether the information is true or not. And I truly believe that Tasha K got some personal satisfaction in going after Cardi B. I don't know what the issue is. I don't know what her trigger is. I have no idea what it could be. But the way in which she repeatedly went after her, even though Cardi B's lawyers told her to stand down, shows that you was like, you was either really feeling your internet fame. You, you definitely don't know the true uh, tenets of journalism, which is check your sources, cover your ass, make you have a lawyer and make sure that you can uh, show your sources if anybody asks you who gave you this information and it can't be a letter or an email from an uncle like that you need to it's a lot of things that you need to do and that's why media as a whole also sucks because people aren't doing that when I worked uh, in newspaper journalism, I couldn't just send a story in like it had to be fact checked. It had to be researched. I had to show my sources. I had to give my sources to the fact checker, like my transcriptions of my conversations. And they would go in and highlight the part that you took out to make sure that you didn't take the quote out of context. And if you did, they would come back to you and be like, hey, so I listened to the tape and I saw the transcription and the way you said this makes it seem like they answer in this question, but they really answer in this question. So we need to make sure we put it in order. Yes, motherfucker. Yes. That's yes, that's what we had to do. So now nobody does that. Nobody does that at all because most even big time newspapers like the New York Times, Washington Post, like they will tweet a story out before the story even gets on the website. Like they're like, come and check out this shit. We just want your views. Like we got to get the story out so fast. And that's why when, you know, um, Mia Farrow's son, Ronan Farrow, like when he did all his investigative pieces about like Hollywood and shit, people always like kissed his ass because they was like, this is true journalism. I don't want to believe nigga. No, this is just journalism. 
Y'all don't, y'all forgot what it was like. This is, what he's doing is journalism. I used to work on articles for like months at a time, doing investigative research underground places with sources and all this shit. That was what we did. And now nobody does that. You just take a quote from a source. You write a story around it. You don't meet them in person. Like there's so much that you, that's what I'm saying. Check your sources. There's so much that you miss out on when you don't have interpersonal interaction. Now, as a journalist, as a trained journalist and as a stand-up comedian, because stand-up comedians also have to like people who have to stand in front of people and like gauge their energy and stuff like, like, you know, doctors, like if you are still in a field where you deal with people every single day, even cashiers, I'm sure you know how to read people. You know how to listen to them and see what they're saying, but also look at their body and tell you what they're and, and see what their body is telling you because people really can't lie that well. Um, and also you get like a sixth sense. There's something in the back of your mind that's like, oh, this don't feel right. This, what they're saying doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I got to double check it. I got to triple check it. Um, and also when you check sources, like in journalism, you had to have three sources. Like if I was writing a story about apples being bad, I need to have three people who said apples, not actually no correction. If I was writing a story about apples being bad, I need to have at least one person who said that they weren't going bad and two people who said that they were, or like a neutral person who could just weigh in. Like you had to have all sides of the story legit. Like every single possible side of the story had to be represented. And if you couldn't find somebody who would go on record you would say we reached out to this person for comment but they didn't answer which means you telling people we tried we tried to get somebody else to tell us what happened but they didn't tell us so at least we tried we don't have that anymore and now it's to the point like if you are to check your sources people get mad at you for wanting more information because it's like why you don't believe me how come you don't trust me because we've all fucking liars that's why that's why i don't trust you because we all lie we all every day we lie every day every day we are lies we wake up we are liars we wake up we tweet about some shit we're lying we wake up we post a video we alter the fucking filter on it we're lying you know um you post something but it's so curated that it doesn't show any signs of failure or struggle we are lying cover letters you're lying resonate you're lying every day we wake up and we lie and then we turn around and be like how come you don't believe me bitch because we've been lying we've been lying together we all in on a lie we lie we lie i'm lying right now if you're looking at this uh clip if i use this clip this a lie this ain't my house this is the green screen <laughs> bitch i'm a liar too <sighs> so tasha k lost her case and she has to pay a lot of money to cardi b and I'm glad. I'm glad because I hope that it also uh, raises awareness to other bloggers and bloggers and, and, and rumor mongers that you got to be held accountable. Like you can't just say whatever because these are people's livelihoods. And, and the reason why Cardi had to sue is because Cardi is, you know, one of a handful, handful of black women. I know Cardi is like Afro Latina, but I'm saying black for, for brevity. Um, Cardi B is one of a handful of black women who came from hood beginnings that were then embraced by high society and high fashion, right? You already know one is a little Kim who might've been the first, like I think little Kim might've been the first hood ass rapper chick who definitely talked about sucking dick, who ended up like walking a couture fashion show. Like she might could be the first one. Okay. So let's give all, all props to the little Kim. But when it comes to rappers, for sure, Missy Elliott, little Kim, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. 
And so I can't have my brand tarnished by you saying that I have uh, an STD or I used to be a prostitute because that's not my story. Like if that was, I'm sure if that was Cardi's story, she probably, well, she probably won't say that. I mean, nobody's really admitting, nobody's really admitting to having um, STIs. Like nobody's, nobody's doing that no more. Right. Like nobody even brings it up. I mean, look, just talk about like, this is kind of fucked up that we don't talk about it, but we need to talk about it. But also it shouldn't even be a big deal because like when Billy Porter came out saying that he was HIV positive, people was like, okay, like, all right, we, nobody's tripping, nobody's upset, but that's, that's maturity and growth because we, I think we have a way better understanding of what, um, HIV is and not that the meds are like allowing people look magic Johnson is healthy as fuck. So, and I'm pretty sure he, his HIV stat, like it's not even readable now. Like there's some people who are HIV positive when they get tested that it doesn't even show up because the medication is doing what the medication is supposed to do. So we probably need to normalize like conversations about SCIs and STDs because we all liars. We all lying. I don't, I don't know what to say. Like I, it's so funny to me when people like want to shame somebody for something that you truly really don't have no control over when you really think about it. Yes. I mean, you can have more control as far as like being super active and being versus being less active. But if you're in a loving relationship with somebody and they cheat on you, have no, and you have no idea that they cheated on you. I, um, obviously like offset and Cardi B, we know that they've had some issues in their union and they worked it out. But like, say if you in a relationship and your partner cheats on you and then they give it to you, like, and then you should be shamed. Like, why should the world shame you? You had no fucking role in that. We just need to grow up when it comes to having conversations about that. But still, Right. A high end fashion company is like, I can't have a woman who now they're saying that she did all do all these things like that's bad for the brand. Right. And that's we don't care about nothing more than our brand. And if somebody's coming for your brand, you got to go for them. So Cardi B, of course, had to go after her. And I'm glad she stuck with it because most people, especially when it comes to like the the black, like black artists, like they're like, I don't even want to give you any validity. I don't even give you no shine. So I'm going to act like I don't even see it and just, you know, go be done away with it and I know we do that a lot like try to kind of be the bigger person like you just brush it off but wouldn't it be nice to also get some money right like let me tell you right now if you talk shit about me and you slander my name I'm a, I'm gonna sue you I'm suing you and I want my money I'm not gonna be the bigger person because I would use that money and I would like donate it to charity and like, you know, I'll spend it. I'm not going to just like buy a person or shit like that. But yeah, 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 yeah. You made money talking shit about me. Run me my money. Run me my money. So that's why it's so important to check your sources. And that's going to be my, like one of my models for life. If somebody tells me something about somebody, I got to check my sources. I have to. If somebody tells me something about me, I'm going to ask to check their sources too. Because also we got to stop doing that. We got to stop saying, well, somebody told me, but I don't want to tell you who. No, you got to tell me who. If you can't tell me who and stand on it, then I don't want to hear it. So if you can't tell me who, then there could be, I'm, I'm looking at you like it might be fake and you just telling me something to get me riled up. But if you tell me who, there's a good chance when I see that person, we're going to have a conversation depending on what the issue is. Like depending on like if they're just a bold faced liar or they're like smiling in my face and like taking advantage of me or trying to, you know, do all of that. We're going to have a conversation. I'm I'm at that age now. Oh, I'm at that. Excuse me. Can I talk to you for a minute? That's me. I'm at that age. That's how I know I'm older. 
Hey girl, how you doing? I haven't seen you in so long. Let me, can I have you, can, excuse me, y'all. I just want to talk to her real quick. Oh, immediately, immediately, immediately. Especially if I, especially if I look over at you and you having a really good time, just smiling, kicking. Hey girl, I didn't mean to, I know you having fun. Just come over here. Cause I want to ask you a question. That's, we got, to, we got to have a conversation, y'all. We got to have a conversation. That's a very, you know, that's very Barbara. What's her name? Hey, Barbara, this is Shirley. Like, it's a very, that, that woman conversation. Woman to woman? Woman to woman, I heard you was running a motherfucking mouth, bitch. So tell me the truth. Tell me the truth or, or we will say that this never happened, but you better be on your best behavior. Or probably I'm not fucking with you just because there's a possibility that 50, 50% chance that what I heard that you said is true. So I'm going to reduce this friendship by 50%. That's how you got to be. You don't think so? I'm just saying that's how I feel about it. I feel very, I feel very good about that. That makes me feel really good. All right. That's how I feel. I feel good about that. I'm just saying we don't have time anymore. We don't have time to waste. We really don't, you know, like there's so much shit going on in the world. And, and I mean, I've definitely tuned out to a lot of it, but like when I have my people around me and my, my friends, especially now that, you know, I'm across the country from 90% of my friends and family, all my family is still back East. I need my interaction with you to be one that is trustworthy and genuine and a place where you are not above admitting fault, right? Because we're human. I don't want to always talk to the friend who's never wrong. Like I need you to, you know, and in that moment too, like I started doing that more like, you know, I'll be talking shit with my friends and, you know, saying stuff that's like unfounded, or you know, unformed, but you know, I'm really good at like selling it. Like I'll be like, Oh, you know, the sky is purple. You don't know the sky is purple. Duh, the sky is purple. But most of the time when I'm talking, especially when I'm talking shit, I don't mean none of the stuff I say. I really don't. And I had to tell my friends that like, I don't mean none of this shit. Like I don't care enough about it. I'm just having a conversation and it took some people to be like, oh, okay, because like you really was just say some real offhanded stuff. And, and I'm like, yeah, no, most of the time I'm just like being sarcastic, but truly I have never thought about this thing really before we just, we just started talking about it. So now I got some opinions and it's like fun to me. It's like, we're just conversing, but I had to let people know that I got wasn't like truly a malicious person who's like, well, you know, Cardi B probably got like, I'm not that that's not me. And I just be bullshitting most of the time. I really do. And if people say stuff back to me that I said, I'm like, damn, I said that? Damn, I be talking. <laughs> I just be talking. I just be talking. I think that's because I truly, I truly don't really engage with conversation that much because we don't have interpersonal things. So when you do talk to somebody, see how it's all connected. Listen, y'all, we're just so disconnected from each other. I feel like we should all unplug and meet in like one of the great parks and just hold hands. Do y'all remember the beginning of, um, us? That's the movie. Is that the second Jordan Peele movie? Us? When everybody was holding hands at the end, girl. I said, what, what is this goofy bullshit? Why are they all holding hands and wearing red jumpsuits? Also, where do those people who lived in the tunnels, where do they get electricity from? Where do they get sewing machines? Where do they get the fucking fabric? And where were all the bunny bones? These are real questions I had after I left that movie. I was like, so these motherfuckers can barely talk, but they all know how to hit my pant. 
How are they communicating how to hem a pant? Who taught them how to hem a pant? Who taught them how to make a jumpsuit? Do you know how hard it is to make a jumpsuit? You got to have calculations. I didn't see not one measuring tape down there. Where do they sleep at? How were they clean? But there was like no bathrooms down there. Like how are you clean in the gutter wearing summer clothes 24 seven? Like y'all was really wearing sandals in the gutter in the, in the under, in the underside in the underworld. Who was paying the electricity bill? Nobody came down there and changed the bulb. These niggas was coming out in the dark of the night and stealing light bulbs and going back down there and changing the light bulbs in the underside of the us movie. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have not watched that movie since then, but I feel like I should watch it because I have more questions. Listen, y'all. Things be weird. Things be weird. All right. What else do I want to talk about? That's really it. I just really wanted to talk about Tasha K just to get that out of my system. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm easing back into this podcast world, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all be wanting like a whole hour and stuff like that, but my mouth is kind of dry. My mic is hot. I'm just hearing my mouth sounds. I hate mouth sounds. You know, I edit all of this myself. So I don't want to do too much and get overwhelmed because my, uh, my motto for 2022 is completion. Y'all my motto for 2022 is completion, which means I need to be realistic about my, about my, um, my yields for the year. I, I take on a lot of stuff and I'm like, Oh, I can do it all. And I really go into it and I'd be well versed in everything and it's gung ho. And then things start to drop off. And so I need to do things in which in, in a manner in which I can actually control it and complete it and make it happen. So I don't want to bite off too more, too much than I can chew. So I need to say that I feel like this is where this episode is ending at. I think y'all got a good, a good episode. I'm coming in like a, like a motherfucking hotel pillow chocolate. Just a little taste, just a little taste to make you say, hmm, that was refreshing. That was good. That was good. I love when they give us those little, those little chocolates on the, and it's always a mint, like, like, I guess they know universally just the mint, a mint will calm your ass down after being in an airport, sitting next to a crying baby. You finally check into your hotel. You go upstairs. You see that little chocolate on your pillow and that cool mint oh, it just settles your soul right on down. That's why I want y'all to think about these episodes. I'm that cool chocolate mint on your hotel pillow that'll calm your ass down, but freshen you up at the same time. All right, y'all, ladies and gents, folks out there. It's been wonderful, right? Welcome back to Social Mystery with Chloe Hilliard. I can't wait to do it again next week. Um, Tim, would you like to come up and say goodbye to the people? For what? <laughs>